Welcome to the Torah Journey Podcast. My name is Rabbi Ken Brodkin, and I've been a community rabbi for over 15 years. During that time, I've learned that the wisdom of Judaism is powerful, but it's not always easy to understand. Our weekly podcast will enrich your journey and give you practical advice about how to apply the wisdom of Judaism to your life. We'll offer you insights based on the Parsha, current events, the Jewish year, and more. This is the Torah Journey Podcast. I was thinking back to when I was a kid, there was a company called Kodak that just defined photography. I still remember going to the Kodak store to get our film developed, and somehow that huge company has become a thing of the past. And I was thinking, well, why is that? A while back, I was talking with a fellow who actually worked at Kodak in the 1980s, and he told me there was a point when early digital photography was first starting to develop, and the CEO of Kodak dismissed the trend. We're a film company, he said. We don't do digital. Well, the rest, as they say, is history. Change is difficult to embrace. Current patterns are much easier to maintain. But change is also such a fundamental part of life. And if we embrace change, we have the power to leverage a major part of our world so that we and other people around us can thrive. When we resist change, we're just bound to face greater obstacles. It's so important to embrace change, but how do we do that? In today's podcast, we'll explore the mindset and the life approach that we need to embrace and leverage both change and transition. Now, one of the themes of Chayesara is the importance of change. In the opening chapters of Breshis, we were just waiting for the emergence of this first Jewish family, but now Sarah has died, soon Avram will pass on as well. Who will carry on their Jewish legacy? Who will marry Yitzchak and become the mother of the Jewish people? Well, Avram sends his servant, Eliezer, of course, to find the woman who will step into Sarah's shoes. And it's a sort of changing of the guard. It's a transition. And our rabbis focus us on this message with their selection of the Haftarah. The Haftarah is generally a good indication of an underlying theme of the Parsha. And the Haftarah, David is nearly on his deathbed. His son, Adoniyahu, is trying to assert his power. David seems to allow for this potential chaos just to continue staying silent while Adoniyahu asserts himself. And finally, Natana Navi and Bacheva enter the scene. And they inform David of what's happening. They beg him to fulfill his promise that Shlomo should sit on the throne. And of course, in one of the most stirring theme in one of the most stirring scenes of all of Tanakh, David instructs the people that they should lead Shlomo and the king's very own mule to the spring of Gihon. And there, at the, at the spring of Gihon, oil is smeared upon Shlomo's head by the Kohen, and he has declared the Melech, and the shofar is sounded, and the city of Yerushalayim is jubilant. And thus ends a potential disaster with a day of salvation, as David Melech averts crisis and makes a clear succession plan. And what's really fascinating is the fact that David had to be cajoled into this. The Navi specifically says that David avoided confronting his son, Adonuyahu, as the Navi comments, All of Adonuyahu's days, his father never sat in him saying, Why have you done this? Why have you asserted yourself in this way? And so clearly David did not want to rock the boat with his son. And that's just one example of how change can be resisted when we don't take decisive action to make a clear transition and succession for the leadership. 
Now, thanks to the foresight of Batsheva and Natana Navi, disaster was averted. The Parsha and the Haftarah. These are really two stories about change and transition in leadership. First, the transition from Avram and Sarah to that the generation of Yitzchak and Rivka, and much later, of course, in the generation of David to that of Shlomo. And our Parsha really centers around this transition. Sarah has died, and Avraham buries her in Hebron. Avram foresees the need to bring a new woman to build the Jewish home, and he sends Eliezer to venture off to Aram, Aram Naharayim to find the woman. And the woman will demonstrate that she's not only modest, but that she's a woman of chesed. She is the right person to come into the home of Avraham and continue that legacy. Last week, we learned Vayera was sort of a study in contrast between Avram and Sodom, chesed on the one hand and greed on the other. And now, that theme of chesed in the home of Avram just continues. Avram and Eliezer determined that the trade of chesed will continue through another woman. And that is the test that Eliezer sets up. Rivka proves herself as the person who sees the needs of Eliezer and his camels, giving them plenty of water to drink. And the story progresses, and the Torah recounts how Rivka formed the first Jewish home with Yitzchak. She made her way to Yitzchak upon the camels, modestly covering herself. And then, via vi'eha Yitzchak ha'ohela Sarah imo, Yitzchak took her into the tent of Sarah, his mother. The verse seems focused on the idea that this tent was the tent of Yitzchak's mother, Sarah. And we have to ask, what's the meaning of this? I mean, had the family just left an empty tent waiting for the future daughter-in-law to come? Rashi explains that Yitzchak took Rivka into the tent, and she, Rivka, became Sarah Emo, Sarah his mother. Rivka entered the scene, she entered the tent, and she re- restored what Sarah built, had built, the divine presence of the, of the early Jewish home. And so she entered Sarah's tent in the sense, in the sense that she rebuilt and reestablished that tent. And as we stand back from this, there is a critical belief on the part of Avraham. It was the belief that there could be another person that could come into this tent. There could be another Sarah. Sarah herself was great, but that same legacy, the tent of Sarah, oh how Sarah, could be continued through a new daughter. It didn't have to be Sarah. Jewish leaders don't see themselves as the be-all and end-all. They realize that other people can take their place. From Avraham to David, each leader saw and prepared for the eventual truth. Their role will fade and change, and others will enter the scene. Sometimes we get very caught up in the belief that we're doing something and it's so important, no one else can do it. You could be the PTA of the school committee or, or, the, or the CEO of a company. Or the, or the president of the PTA. You get so caught up in, in your role. And you start to think that you're the only one that can do it. Consequently, we can't embrace change, much less initiate it. I was re- reflecting recently on the transition from George H.W. Bush, who lost to Bill Clinton in 1992. I actually, a number of years ago, I read a book um, that by the, by the head chef of all people of the White House, and he talked about the day that Bush left, and he was describing how much everyone loved Bush and how many people, including the president himself, were crying on that day, January 20th, 1992, as the Bushes left the White House. And here's an amazing thing that happened. 
On that very day of tears, Bush wrote a letter to his incoming rival, Bill Clinton. And here's what he wrote. Dear Bill, I wish you great happiness here. There will be tough times made more difficult by criticism that you may not think is fair. And I'm not a very good one to give advice. But just don't let the critics discourage you or push you off course. You will be our president when you read this note. I wish you well. Your success is now our country's success. I'm rooting hard for you. Good luck, George. These were the last words that he wrote on his way out of the White House. Now, Bush put his whole life into leadership, but he still felt that he could make a contribution in the final minutes. He could give an encouraging word to the next president because he realized that he was passing the baton to the next person. What is it that enables people to embrace change? I think that there's a spirit that comes from humility, an ability to see ourselves in a larger picture. Bush had that, but it's something that we achieve through our relationship with Hashem. The rabbis taught us that Avram had a view of Amuna. He had a, a deep-seated faith and a, a belief. And Eliezer absorbed that from him. And we, we get that from Eliezer's words. As the rabbis say, the conversations of the servants of the patriarchs of the Avot is even greater than the Torah of later generations. Why does the Torah record the words of Eliezer in such detail? The answer is that Avraham had this view of Hashgacha, and Eliezer absorbed that. And we, in turn, absorb it from him. We follow Eliezer as we witness his belief in providence. So much of Sefer Bracius is a study in how the Avos see the hand of God in daily life. We find this when Eliezer interprets the emergence of Rivka and her kindness, not as an act of man, but as an act of God. Where did that view came from, come from? Obviously, clearly, it came from Avraham. Avraham sent Eliezer to seek out a wife for Yitzchak. He actually gave him a two-part introduction to his mission. God will send you his malach, but if you don't find the woman, he told, Avraham told Eliezer, you are clean of my oath. God is guiding everything, but if it doesn't work out as planned, you are clean. Follow Hashem and understand that things can change. And likewise, in the end of the Sefer, Bracious, Yosef tells his brother, God has brought about this matter of, this, of our family descending into Egypt. Accept this change, he pleads with them. And so Sefer Bracious is not just the work of early history of the Jewish people. It's a book that sheds light on a way of thinking. It's a mindset where the Avos are able to plan for the future, accept that others will take their place. It's a mindset where they can accept that even hard things are from Hashem. You know, when you believe in Ashkacha, you're able to embrace change. Things change in life, and you're able to see that God is nudging you and your life in a different direction. You don't need to rebel or worry too much. That was Yosef's message to the brothers. Yes, things have changed, but it's okay. The Rabbanu Shalom is running the world. You're doing your very best to make your greatest contribution. And when things don't go as planned, we surrender to God's plan. And so change is a natural part of life. And it can be hard to look at changes in the world around us and in our own life and to know how we're going to cope. But when that happens, we look back to Avraham. In the very moments that he was burying Sarah, he was building the future, looking for that next Jewish mother. As great as Sarah was, he didn't say that only she could do the job. When we believe in God, we, we also believe in ourselves to pivot. Just recently, I was 
talking with Miriam Lambert, and she was telling me about her fiance's story. And this is a man who was uh, had a successful business for a number of years in the early 2000s. But then the markets changed, as they're prone to do. And so his first business had to end, and he ended up creating a totally new type of business in jewelry. And this jewelry business led his path towards the West Coast, where he was in search of uh, stones for, for the jewelry. And that path is exactly how he met his future wife. And so here's an amazing insight. Someone in his shoes could have felt like, ah, the changes are debilitating. But instead, he didn't just accept the change. He embraced it. He, re- he rebuilt and new doors opened. And that's a way to approach life, to embrace change and thrive. To do so, we have to deepen our amuna. We learn Torah. We learn Tehillim. We daven. We bring ourselves closer to that recognition of God. And that's when we can embrace changes and transition. We can rest assured that there's greater avenues ahead. If one door in life is closing, another opens. And so the next time that you're facing a critical change in life, think back to Eliezer and his journey for his master, Avraham, and for the ultimate master, Hashem. Just like God did for Eliezer, so too when you go on your mission, Hashem will send his malach before you.